0: Hiya, folks, you're very welcome and thank you for joining Season 4 of the Jason Joyce Health Podcast. I'm very excited to start another solo cast series. I haven't done one since Season 1. So thank you for joining. I hope this podcast finds you in good form. Season 1, a 20 solo cast with short stories, short metaphorical stories with little lessons throughout Season 2. There was 10 episodes with people... I look up to and I found a lot of lessons regarding health and happiness. And season three was a meditation series. So if they sound interesting to you, check them out. So season four, I plan to do 10 episodes on reflections of what has worked for me and my personal growth and development and what's worked really well with my clients as a physiotherapist, as an NLP practitioner, or as just a health coach, helping clients become healthier and happier in their life. So you're very welcome to the episode one of season four, seven reasons why you need a week's holiday from social media. So today's podcast is based on an experiment I conducted with myself in May this year. I was reading a book, Goodbye Phone, Hello World, by the author Paul Greenberg, and a lot of things hit home. It's a very easy book to read. I'd recommend it if you feel like you're always on your phone and you feel like you never have time. It's very simple to read it in a day. And there's a few things that stood out in the book. And the four, one of the first opening statements was... In 2006, the iPhone was born, and in 2007, the author's son was born. And he stated that ever since then, they were both fighting for his attention. I suppose that hit home at me becoming a new dad this year. And that was one thing I didn't want to be missing was watching my little daughter, Lucy, grow up and not be a part of that because I was hooked on my phone or looking at stuff that was irrelevant to me. So that, that jumped out straight away. Another statement in the book was that we all think when we're on our phone that it's our two eyes looking into the phone when, as a matter of fact, it's actually a thousand eyes looking out at us. So people who do the marketing, people who do the algorithms and all social media, they're trying to understand us, how we use our phone so they can make things more appealing, more apt to us and how we use it so they can have more of our time, in essence, trying to advertise the right things to us. So instead of it, Think of it this way. It's not just two eyes looking into the phone. It's normally a thousand eyes looking back saying, how can can we rob this person's time? And a shocking statement as well, which I truly believe is teenagers on average now in the U.S. are spending seven hours a day on their phone. And I can only imagine if I was a teenager, I'd be expending the same because it's so addictive. It's how you communicate. And again, with everything that comes, with the pleasure that comes to the phone, there's always a pain after that. So I just wanted to see, all right, what happens if I go off all social media for a month? And I'm not, today I'm going to share with you the seven insights, the seven biggest lessons I got from going off social media for a month. So the first thing would be logging out. It took me 20 minutes to log out of all my social media platforms. So I logged out of Facebook, Facebook Messenger, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. And it was very, very difficult actually to log out of a lot of these, especially Facebook Messenger. And if you think of habits, so James Clare in Atomic Habits, a really, really good book, um, states that if you want to break a bad habit, you have to make that habit very hard to perform. So include a lot of barriers into that habit. For example, you want to stop watching telly, for example, when you get home from work and you're really tired, maybe you'll plug out the TV or maybe if that isn't enough, plug out the TV and put the remote control upstairs. And if you want to be very extreme, plug out the TV, put the remote control upstairs and turn the TV around. So the next day you get home from work, wrecked right, hard, you want to just sit down on the couch, watch TV, All of a sudden, it's a big effort to do that now. You have to turn the TV around, walk upstairs, get the remote, turn the TV on, wait for it to load. You're not really going to do that. So if you want to break a bad habit, it's put as much barriers in the way as breaking it. And I found out when I was trying to log out of these apps, it was nearly very similar. It was very hard to do. It's the opposite. If you want to start good habits, it's to remove all barriers. So when I want to log back into social media, all I need is a thumbprint and I'm straight back into it. So 20 minutes to log out and five, 10 seconds to log back in. And that's, again, goes with James Clare, what he says about positive habits. If you want to create a positive habit around something, say you want to start eating healthier. So you get home, you're tired, you just It's so easy to order fast food. But if you have everything prepared there and then to just put in the microwave for a minute and a half or two minutes, whatever it is, you're going to tend to do that. So that was the first lesson I learned. Social media is very, very habitual and it is created to be a habit, an automatic without you even thinking about it. And also actually, just a little statement on logging out, the sense of liberation, of freedom I felt when I actually logged out. I felt like the way the world was off my shoulders. was just like, oh geez, I don't have to check them all the time now. And I never realized it was actually that much of a burden. So that was another thing. The second insight I got from going off social media for a month was pockets of time. What I mean by this is there was these little two to three minutes pockets throughout the day that I'd constantly go on social media and I wasn't even aware of it. Say for example, I was waiting on something or you're waiting for a coffee, for example, two to three minutes, you might check your Instagram or your social media, you're waiting for a text, or you're waiting for an email, you just oh, I'll, I'll look at something here instead of just being present in the moment and waiting. That was one thing. I also noticed if I got home from work on say you're sitting in your car, you're just about to get into your house. I'd look at social media for that two to three minutes. Or if I just sat down on the couch, well, I'll just check my phone. Or the first time, I, first thing I did was when I got on my break was to check my phone and see what I missed because I can't go on my phone with my clients. So I'd spend five to 10 minutes on all them little pockets of time. If you think about it throughout the day, they all add up to 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes. And also they don't give you the chance to recharge your batteries. So when you're on your break, your break is there for reasons to recharge, re-energize. When you get home from work, you're going to be tired, but you need to sit down, decompress, talk to your wife or your partner, just even just spend a bit of time by yourself. So you're never really switching off. You're constantly on the go. And what I noticed for the first two weeks of the month, I kept on doing this automatic. I couldn't believe it. So I throughout the day when i was off social media i was getting one hour one to two hours back of these little pockets of time and that gave me a lot in return if you think about compound interest over time so an hour a day that's seven hours a week and over a month that's 28 hours a month and you can do a lot in that time so that was massive for me the third thing would be habits so i didn't realize how automatic just picking up my phone was and then going straight into social media so say you pick up your phone you, you, you plan to do something how many times have you picked up your phone and actually forgot what you're going to do and all of a sudden you're scrolling through Instagram you're like what did I even pick up my phone for that happened a lot of time and I never realized that then my fingers were doing it and my mind wasn't even thinking it so I'd be picking up my phone and straight away I was clicking on the Instagram or the Facebook app and that's a bit scary that was because that taught me that I wasn't really in control of my device or the social media accounts. Again, as I mentioned, you have to think about them habits. Are they nurturing or depleting you? And if you're constantly going on Instagram and then you're forgetting what you're going on to your phone for, they're going to be depleting habits and you're not going to be present throughout your day. And they're kind of, they're draining your battery. What happened when I logged out of all social media accounts? I kept on picking up my phone. I was like, what can I do now? And It was so confusing because normally i just go straight into it without thinking it was automatic. So now I started trying to check my emails. I was trying to fill that void and it took a bit of retraining to actually stop and just not do anything. So that was a big one, how habitual and automatic it had become. So I'd love to see how that will work with you. The fourth insight I got was when I am tired. So a big trigger for me to use social media is when I'm tired. So say at the end of the day, you've 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, you're going to bed, you're sitting on the couch, but you're so tired, you're finding it hard to get up. It's so easy to just look on your phone for about 10, 15 minutes. And you end up wasting a lot of time just because you're actually wrecked tired and you don't want to get off the couch. And then if you think about the effects of phones have on melatonin levels, so the blue light, so it kind of messes up your brain before you go to sleep, because it's saying I should be awake now when your brain is actually trying to slowly, slowly unwind to prepare you for sleep. So. That was a massive insight for me. So a massive trigger for me was when I was tired at the end of the day or just after I finished work, I'd end up going on my phone and mindlessly scrolling down because I was actually so tired. And then going on the phone makes you more tired and then messes up your sleep efficiency as well. So it has a nearly a treble whammy effect there. When I couldn't go on social media, I ended up just sitting there and I was like, all right, I better go to bed. I've nothing else to do. So I ended up sleeping more, having a more efficient sleep. and waking up energized instead of sleepy or sluggish the next day. The fifth insight I got was productivity. So say, for example, you might have a lazy day at the weekend. And sometimes if you just want to chill out or, you know, a duvet day or watch movies, whatever it is. Even on your lazy day, you end up doing way more because you're not going on social media. You you can't do that because when I took that break for a month, if I clicked into the app, it was like, you must log in. And I wasn't logging in. So I ended up doing a lot more. I slept, for example, a few power naps throughout the day. You might do a small bit of meditation. I actually had a lot more power naps and prepared my food over the month. So I was way more prepared regarding food prep that month. And I had a lot more energy because I was having power naps when I was tired and as I said in the last insight that was one thing that social media deceives you of you don't really realize how tired you can be and the effects of power naps so I found even on my lazy days I was way more productive And as I said in the last four insights, you're way more productive because you're sleeping more, you have more energy. You're not wasting them pockets of time. You're not habitually going onto your phone when you're looking at something. So you're actually going onto your phone and doing what you intended to do initially. So yeah, way more productive in every way possible. The sixth insight would be my mood and anxiety. I realized that if I felt anxious or low in mood, I used my phone a lot more than normal. Especially if I was anxious, social media provided that distraction from feeling that way. And as a result, I'd go into social media to distract myself. That would normally increase my anxiety. So I'd feel worse and then I'd want more social media to distract myself. So I ended up bouncing in and out of social media and you're caught in this vicious loop. And on them stressful days, you're actually not helping yourself. You're not decreasing the stress, you're increasing it. You're just caught in a rut. And I found when I had stressful days and I couldn't go on social media, I actually had to spend time with them feelings. And as a result, we had to address them and express them in a healthy way, which is just feeling them and let them come and go, which is the healthy expression of emotions. But when you have a phone, it's a distraction. It's a way out to avoid that discomfort. And I found on them stressful days or them anxious days, actually nothing good came from. It just got worse regarding stress and anxiety. However, when I wasn't on my phone, I addressed it head on. I was like, all right, why am I stressed? Why am I anxious? You have a bit of time. You can maybe do some breath work or just sit there, feel what you need to feel, let let it go, or maybe go, all right, or talk to someone because you're not avoiding or distracting yourself from it. It reminds me of a study, actually, in a course I went to a few years ago. He looked at the top 10 apps on a phone that when you used them, you felt in better mood after. And he looked at the top 10 apps that when you used them, you felt worse after. And the top 10 apps that when you used them, you felt better after were the likes of Calm, Headspace. or like meditative apps. And he also looked at the people's average usage and the average usage on the top app, I think was Headspace or Calm, was nine minutes. And then he looked at the top 10 apps that you felt worse after, and he looked at how long people spent on average of this. And number one was Grindr, um, the male gay dating site, I think it is, and two was Tinder, three were social media apps, three, four, and five, or I think Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And the average usage time was 79 minutes. So the apps that you felt worse after you spent more time on, and it kind of confirms what I was saying with myself, the more I was anxious or stressed, the more I wanted to go on my phone to distract that feeling, the more I distract myself, the worse the feeling got. So that was a massive, massive insight. And if you are someone who you find that you might have difficulty with anxiety or low mood or stress, ask yourself, is your phone helping you? Is what you do with your phone helping you in any way? The seventh insight was meaningful activities. I spent a lot more time doing meaningful activities when I wasn't on social media. So I had a staycation in Cork for four to five days. And when I was down there, I wasn't on Instagram looking at what was going on, where I'm from. And as a result, I actually felt like I I could have been in Thailand or anywhere in the world because I was in the present moment in Cork. And I was so dissociated from where I'm from. I didn't see what was going on at home. I wasn't texting anyone. I wasn't looking at, well, what's everyone doing at home there? And as a result, I felt like that holiday of four days lasted about one to two weeks. And I really immersed myself in it. So that was a massive one. Like, try that. If you're going away for a few days, go off all social media and disconnect yourself from where you're from. It makes a massive, massive difference because I was unable to mindlessly scroll, at times like a zombie, I was more present and recharged throughout the day. And say, for example, you get home, you're tired, Lucy is crawling around on the floor. You kind of naturally want to just have a quick look at your phone, see what's going on. But I was more present throughout the day. And instead of scrolling, I would hop down on the floor, play with Lucy and end up having more fun and a more meaningful encounter with my daughter, and if you think about it, because I was less connected on social media, I had to make an effort to actually meet up with my friends, so I text them individually instead of I don't replying to a photo on Instagram, for example, so I had to put in that effort and because I put in that effort, I actually had more meaningful say coffees with my mates and yeah, good chats so overall, they were the seven main insights I got from that one month experiment which actually extended out to two and a half months. I didn't go on social media then because I got so many insights and so much positive from going off it for a month. I ended up staying off for two and a half months. And just some of the benefits when I look back and I wear more time with Lucy and my family, more effort with my friends. I was a lot more present and re- recharged throughout the day and less anxious, less stressed. I slept a lot better. I ate better food and I was over overall healthier and happier. And in that month, which is mad because I didn't do this to lose weight, I actually lost four kg and I just put that down to sleeping a bit better, having less stress and less anxiety in my body and because I was preparing my food. Um, yeah, so if you want to lose a bit of weight, go off social media for a month, which is mad because I didn't expect that to happen. However, I'm not here to completely slam social media because there is a lot of benefits with social media. I was obviously less more connected to clients I've treated in the past and to friends that are in different countries like Canada, Australia, New Zealand. So I did miss that connection and interaction with them. I was also less aware of current affairs. For example, a client came into me one day and he asked me, what did I think of the pen the night before? And I asked him what he was talking about. And I'm a Man United fan and it was about the Europa League final and I totally didn't realize the match was on. And that was just, just less connected if I was on Instagram. I would have known that. I would have been watching it. But then again, if it was that important, I don't need social media to actually remind me. So there was things that maybe I felt I missed out on because I wasn't on social media. But if I look at the pros and cons of going off social media for that month, the pros massively outweigh the cons. And a lot of positives came from that. So now is the time for me to see where the social media fit in my life. So I've thought long and hard about this and I'd never bring up a problem without a solution. And I believe the danger is in the dosage. So if you think about it, if you go to a doctor and he prescribes an anti-inflammatory, for example, take two of every four to six hours, no more than six to eight a day. We follow them instructions. And that's just tablets because if you take too many you might harm your stomach, you might overdose, whatever it is. But if you think about social media, it massively influences how we feel, how we think, how we act and how we behave. Yet we have no dosage. We don't really look at how much we're spending on it, what way we're consuming it. And that's where the answer lies. It's the danger is in the dosage. So what would I recommend? First of all, Go off social media for one week as an experiment. That's why I've titled it this. You will learn so much about your habits around social media. They might be completely different and you might have seven totally different insights. So what I'd recommend is do the digital detox. Take that week's holiday and see what insights you learn, what you realize about yourself and how you consume social media. You might have seven totally different insights and you'll get a lot of lessons for how you use it and the impact it has on your life. Two, follow up that week's holiday with a digital detox weekly. So maybe take a half a day once a week from your phone or a full day once a week. I try and take a half day every Saturday, first half of the day. I don't go near my phone and I find that very, very beneficial. Number three, try not to use your phone for the first hour in the morning or the last hour at night. If you have an iPhone, screen time is very beneficial here and it can help you do that very easily. And number four, a lot of phones have time limits on certain apps. Maybe put a limit on an app that you use a lot. For example, time limit of Instagram of 20 minutes a day. Try that and you'd be surprised at how much time you might spend on it. Just remember that time is the most important commodity of life. You can't buy time. You can't buy back time. And if you really want to know how beneficial it is, just think of a loved one you'd love to spend an extra hour with. And the last point to make is to become aware, become conscious of how you feel before and after using social media. Does it act, actually add to your life or does it take away? Do you feel worse after it? And just answer that simple question. If it's making you feel worse, if you're using it too much, what are you doing? It's as simple as that. Going forward, then you'll find that sweet spot of time, of How you use social media to benefit you and your life and not take away from your time, take away from your life, take away from your meaningful activities or all the insights you're going to learn if you take that one week's holiday from social media. That's it, folks. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'd love to hear if you do take that one week's holiday and trial and see what comes out for you. I'd be very curious to hear your insights. And if you feel this helped you today, share with a friend who you think it might help as well. And I'd be very grateful. Have a great day. Have a great week.